Welcome to SBME Interfaces. Our goal with this show is to introduce you to the people that interface with biomedical engineering from students and faculty to staff and industry and everyone in between. BME is a broad field that encompasses so many different perspectives, journeys, skill sets, and backgrounds, and we are excited to share them all with you. So we're very excited today to be interfacing with Shernaz Banji. She's a professor in the Department of Stellar and Physiological Sciences at the School of Biomedical Engineering. She's also the Associate Director of the Javad Moafarabian Center for Brain Health. She completed her undergrad and master's at University of Toronto, followed by, sorry, uh, followed by PhD at Miguel, and then a postdoc at UCSF. And she's had a long-standing interest in understanding the molecular and cellular mechanisms underlying neural connectivity and synaptic plasticity. Her work has provided valuable information about fundamental mechanisms underlying learning and memory, as well as how these processes perturb in disease states. And she's the incoming president of the Canadian Association of Neuroscience. Welcome, Sharnaz. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So to uh, start off, first of all, not to play favorites, but your work is probably one of the most interesting to me of all of the research that takes place across uh, across SBME. Um, so very, very intrigued to know how the past 13 or 14 months have impacted your work, uh, both in the lab, but then as Associate Director of the Center for Brain Health. Yeah, I mean, uh, this, this past year has been difficult for sure. Um, the lockdown was really hard with the pause on all projects. Um, and even now, even though the lab is fairly productive, things are getting done. Um, I you know we still all worry about lab culture and, and morale. Um, you know, we can go into the lab, but the lab is really different, you know, really business-like, you know, that the students go in, they get their job done, they get out as quickly as possible. And that's not really what we want. We want the students to, you know, stick around, chat, help each other, discuss science, etc. Um, but some good has come out of it as well. Uh, we started a few bioinformatics projects that has generated um, some really interesting ideas for, for, for new projects. And, and one of these uh, bioinformatics projects has even become an online resource that we're going to soon uh, submit as a paper. And we would not have done this, you know, if it wasn't for that lockdown. So that has been really, you know, very positive as far as the lab goes. And then as far as uh, the directorship, um, in some ways, we got a lot done in our first year. Uh, and, and when I say we, I'm talking about myself and Lynn Raymond, who is the director of the DMCBH. Um, you know, we, we launched our strategic plan, we held a number of uh, kickstart grant competitions, etc. But one of the big things that we really wanted to do was build community amongst our members, uh, you know, because our members come from different faculties, departments, they're housed in different buildings. Um, and obviously that had to really take a back seat because we just can't do it the way that we want to do it um, in a virtual world. Absolutely. Um, and it's interesting, we've heard this from a number of faculty that pivoting to a bit more computation work in their labs, even if they don't have expertise, but I think that's the new norm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it really has, uh, you know, opened up our eyes to a lot of things that, so it has sort of shifted our abilities to do uh, science in, in, in some ways as well. That's great. So what led you to study the brain? Uh, I don't think there was any question that I was going to study the brain ever, even as a grad student. Um, I don't remember making that decision. It just always seemed to be a, a given once I decided to do science. Um, I love thinking about the brain, you know, how do we learn? What makes us do what we do? Um, this is just, I think, key important points, you know, questions about our humanity. 
But what has changed um, is the way that I've approached it. Um, you know, at first I wanted to go into psychology, but after first year, I really did not like it. It was too abstract for me, at least. I mean, everyone has their own you know, level of comfort with that. And I ended up really liking my cellular and molecular courses. And so I more or less just fell into that discipline. But again, with a focus on the brinks, I really wanted to understand, you know, who are we, basically? It's funny, you... Uh, I think you came into it too at like the best time. Like they, they, we talked a little bit to Lynn Raymond about this too, about how this last decade has essentially been like the 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 decade of neuroscience and studying the brain. Um, has there been anything in particular that has really excited you say in the last like one or two years uh, in terms of discovery on this front? Oh yeah, you know, there's just so much. And, and, I, and I think it's just, I mean, neuroscience is just exploding. Uh, both with respect to tools, like, I mean, of course, things like CRISPR is going to impact absolutely everybody the way we do our research, as well as, you know, the potentials down the line. So now we can even consider, uh, you know, seeing whether we can target, as an example, uh, uh, you know, genetic causes of a, of a brain disorder, you know, before we were like, okay, well, there's a genetic cause and we got to treat it some other way. But now with CRISPR, there might be even a possibility to directly address those uh, genetic issues. So I think that that's really quite exciting. And then this whole idea of the gut brain axis, which is something, I mean, in my undergrad, we never talked about the stomach when we talked about neuroscience, but now, you know, in my neuroscience uh, for 26 course and undergrad, you know, I, I talk about the gut and talk about, you know, how there really is this gut brain axis. And, uh, you know, if I can plug it right now, we're even, you know, like interested in a neuroimmuno uh, engineer that's going to be like a, a, a joint hire between the DMCBH and SBME. And I'm hoping that we're going to get someone who's interested in that because I think it's a really exciting and, and new field. Okay. And so, you kind of maybe not say fell in love with the brain, but the brain intrigued you. And so what led you down to academic in academia? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I really got the bug for science in general in, 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 as a student, as a master's student. And again, I, I don't really remember thinking at that time, you know, what am I going to do with this degree? I just really like being in the lab. So I did my, my PhD and then I did my postdoc. And it wasn't until near the end of my postdoc where I thought, what am I going to do? What am I, what am I going to do with this? I mean, I, you know, I, I thought about it a little bit, of course, but I was really equally interested in positions in academia and industry. And in fact, um, I had a job interview at Biogen IDEC, which is a, a company in Boston, after my interview at UBC. I, I really wanted to see what was out there and, and choose the environment that I really resonated with. Um, you know, obviously I chose this and I have not regretted that decision even for one minute, but, but it wasn't like I was just, you know, academia or bust. I think there's a lot of really great, um, you know, ability, a lot of opportunities to do great science in different venues. On that note, tell us about your leadership role at the, uh, the DMCBH and um, yeah, what, what is driving you right now? Uh, so I'm the associate director of the DMCBH, as I mentioned, with uh, Lynn Raymond, who is the director. And, um, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure what the question is, but there really isn't a much of a difference in, in what we do uh, as far as, you know, the two of us come, uh, you know, are, are concerned. We come up with initiatives together. Uh, we work together to put them into effect. Um, Lynn and I are really good friends. We work together 
very well. There's no egos between us. We like to drink wine and discuss this. So we are perfectly on par, uh, you know, and, and, and both of us have a really healthy research program and, and running the Institute together allows us a lot more time for our labs. And we wouldn't really want to run the Institute um, individually. And, and we're a really good uh, duo, you know, very yin and yang. She is very detail oriented, which is Im very important to getting things done. And I have a lot of, you know, ideas about new, you know, directions that you want to go on. So, so, um, um, you know, as I mentioned, we're really excited about, you know, building community, really taking uh, the, the neuroscience community, which is incredibly strong right now, but to a completely different level, hopefully through kickstart grants, uh, you know, bringing more donor dollars in, um, etc. So there's a number of different initiatives that we're looking at right now. So you've been part of the School of Bioengineering since its inception. What excites you about it, I mean, up to now and the future of it? Um, I, I love being part of the SBME. It's, it's been really great starting off with a fresh page and being part of a, you know, growing something new as opposed to, you know, other departments where you have a bit of the baggage of, you know, this is how it's always been done. Um, everyone seems to be really open to new ideas, new ways of thinking. Um, but I think the thing that excites me the most is the hiring of new faculty. Uh, we've been able to hire so many great new faculty. And along the way, we've interviewed and made connections with so many uh, amazing young scientists as well. So I think it's just been amazing, just being infused with so much new, exciting science. Now you're, you're involved in the SBME um, Faculty Mentoring Committee. Uh, so in your mind, what are the hallmarks of a good mentor? Uh, how much of a good mentor, um, someone who's proactive and anticipates what the mentee will need uh, to know. Um, junior faculty don't really know what they don't know. So it's not helpful just for a mentor just to answer questions, but to really help guide them, you know, help their, their career development, not only scientifically, but, you know, branding them as well and kind of getting them entrenched in, um, you know, in, in, in the larger scientific world, you know, editorial boards, um, you know, you know, making sure that they are really active as far as chairing symposia. So, you know, just how to position them and how to, how to play the game in some sort of ways as well. Not just, you know, how to get the next grant, but just how to be a good, well-renowned uh, scientist. So something as a side question to this is, why isn't there more training done at grad level in terms of leadership and you're basically running your own company, I would say to people. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're diving in SBME, developing some programs, uh, Miguel and Raquel and others. So in your mind, is there a place for that opportunity to integrate that into at least the PhD stream and the postdoctoral training? So when they come, they hit the floor running. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think it ever hurts. Absolutely not to get training in, you know, um, people management, et cetera. The only thing that I would say is that there's so few trainees who necessarily go on and run their own labs, um, you know, it, it, and there's only so much time. So you have to kind of like decide, but I think that for the trainees who, who definitely want to go into academia, I think that would be incredibly invaluable because, uh, you know, we just spend so much time just thinking about the science part of it. And then all of a sudden, it, it's basically like you've been training all your life for one thing. And then the job that you get is at a very high level and something completely different. And, uh, and it is a bit overwhelming in the beginning. Um, absolutely. So I, I, again, when you're talking about the mentorship, I think you need a mentorship as far as just dealing with those kinds of things as well. So that's why I think, uh, you know, a number of different mentors is really important to have because some mentors 
numbers really speak to one thing versus the other. You you spoke uh, before about the the neuroscience community and how you want to take it to the next level. <clears throat> UBC has a pretty strong presence, um, but uh, how would you like to see that expand and uh, and grow into the future? Yeah, so so the first thing that Lynn and I really want to do is is really build a, a sense of more community amongst our members. There's 109 members. Again, they're, you know, different, different buildings, different faculties, different departments. So we really want to start, you know, making people feel like they are part of an institute or a center, you know, so, so that's the first thing we're going to, we want to do uh, research retreats, um, faculty re re retreats, et cetera, to, you know, to kind of make it feel a little bit more like a community. But the other thing that we, we think that we're really strong in is we, we have amazing foundational scientists and we have amazing clinical scientists, but often and the, the whole purpose of the DMCBH was to put these people in the same building uh, to really kind of foster this, this interaction. But even, you know, the people on the second floor don't necessarily talk to the people on the third and the fourth floors. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. so to, to really try to, to get that uh, going is something that I think is of incredible importance to us because we think that that's where we're going to get all the translational, the great translational uh, science being done. And so, you know, we've launched a couple of uh, Kickstart grant competitions to foster this um you know so so, so that, that's what we're trying to do and of course we're trying to also continually hire young people to keep uh, the dmcbh young and strong and fresh do you have a, a lot of connections with industry as well like is there a growing in industry community as well in the neuroscience field so I know, I know that um, SBME is really strong with that because of just the nature of your work. Um, the nature of neuroscience, the, the, the problem is, is uh, the brain is complicated and uh, it, it, you know, we don't have as much industrial associations as SBME does. We won't have as many spin-off companies. There are of course some, but not as many. So, you know, SBME by its very nature is more geared towards translational research, whereas uh, neuroscience isn't necessarily. But, uh, you know, absolutely. I mean, anything that we can do to foster those kinds of interactions with industry, you know, where it's warranted, you know, Lynn and I would support that 100%. Seems the center is going, has the same issues and benefits as the school. We're very sympathetic. <laughs> um, so UBC is starting an undergraduate program in neuroscience this September, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So what excites you about that? What's the potential of that? I, I think it'll be a game changer for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is high time that UBC has an undergrad program in neuroscience. Um, you know, we really want to train undergrads with the skills that we want in our graduate students. We want them to have strong molecular and cellular understanding of the workings of the nervous system, um, you know, understanding systems biology, bioinformatics, statistics, et cetera. And uh, so that we can, you know, train these students to be completely poised to going into great neuroscience labs and then they would have the confidence and the background to go into these great neuroscience labs. So I'm very excited about this. I think that, um, you know, I, I think it's just gonna, it, yeah, I, I, I'm just incredibly excited about the possibility of having these students. Hopefully some of them will stay in our own labs, but I'm also very excited about, you know, shipping them off to these great programs, uh, you know, all around the world. So on a very broad, like global level, then what do you hope for the future? Like say in the next five years for neuroscience? Just globally, uh, the future of neuroscience. Wow, that, that is a big question. Yeah, yeah, big question. <laughs> big, big question. Um, 
you know, I, I, um, I think that we're already kind of going there. I feel, I feel like, you know, all the things that, that I would hope for neuroscience, somebody is doing, I kind of wish it was me who was doing it, you know, like I kind of wish it was me who was pioneering the, you know, the, the gut brain axis and stuff like that. I think that there is, um, you know, neuroscientists everywhere around the world, you know, they're jumping on the new technologies the new imaging technologies the new technologies and genetics and stuff like that. So, um, I think that, uh, you know, neuroscientists are very, um, they're, they're very pioneering, just the people who you know, like, decide to like go after like what, you know, who we are, the brain is are very adventurous. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think we're in a good place overall. So I think the future is bright with neuroscience. So, so that's not too corny. No, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Circling back to one topic that's very dear to heart to both Megana is leadership. And so for you, have there been mentors and traits that you have learned from them that now you implement in addition to leading your lab but now being part of leading a center with Lynn and so forth? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I think that, um, and I've talked to a number of different scientists, and it seems like the PhD supervisor ends up being like the, <laughs> it's the critical period or something like that of your life. So for me, that was Frida Miller, who is, you know, interestingly, um, you know, Frida has now joined SBME and UBC, but when I was in her lab, uh, her lab was at McGill University. So it's kind of weird having her here. I kind of feel like even no matter what position I'm in, I feel like I'm back in her lab and I'm, I take that kind of role, you know, being, being back in Frida's lab. She's had a, an incredible amount of um, influence on me, just how I run my lab, how I interact with my trainees, how I interact with colleagues. Um, I really do always just hear and see Frida in my mind when I think about what a perfect uh, person would be. But even when I got here, I, I was given, given uh, assigned a number of mentors and they've really helped me. And so they uh, they have really set the stage for how I help other mentees. You know, they were they were amazingly they, they were amazing as far as you know. I was talking about being proactive and things like that. So they've taught me how to be a really great mentor, and uh, and Frida taught me how to be a really great uh, you know lab runner and, and colleague and scientist. So with all of this going on, what do you do to unwind, or do you like? Do you have any time to to just like to yourself? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, my, my kids now are 20 and 18. So, you know, they're, they're getting less and less, well, they're needing me less and less. So I do have more time to unwind, which of course meant, so, you know, because of that, I decided to get a new puppy, which means that I don't have any time to unwind anymore. <laughs> so yeah. what do I do to unwind? Maybe, uh, you know, I love to hike. Uh, so going on big, long walks with my puppy is, is, is really great to hanging out with friends and family. Um, when we can do it. I, I do do a lot of cocktail Zooms uh, now, which is not half <laughs> as good as, as the real thing. Um, and I recently took an online photography course. I'm trying to like, you know, kind of marry the, my love of hiking and things with my love of photography and maybe you know, upping my game a little bit more. So, um, so yeah, those are the kinds of things that I do to unwind. But yeah, not, not that much time. Yeah. Imagine. So if you could tell your 20-year-old self anything at all, what would it be? Ah, my 20 year old self. Um, 
don't stop doing the things that you love. Uh, just keep doing them, even though you don't think that you have time, like we were just talking about. I used to do a lot of dancing and I used to do a lot of kickboxing and I dropped, you know, and, and because of the kids and everything, I dropped it, picked it up again half-heartedly. I uh, tried to do it all, you know, with this, within the schedules of my kids and stuff like that. But I really kind of wish I hadn't stopped doing it in a in a really intensive way, you know? So, um, you know, I'd like to get kind of get back into it, but I would tell myself, don't, don't, don't stop being, you know, don't stop doing the things that you love as well for, for other things. Just to quickly add to that too, do you have any like one piece of advice, if you could only give one piece of advice to an incoming PI, a brand new PI, what would you say to them? Uh, one piece of advice to an incoming PI, I would say, um, um, what, what is the word? Uh, Uh, interacting with people like it's just really important to constantly be going to meetings uh networking that's the word networking 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 is it's just so important and, and for your signs i'm not talking about you know like not in a, in a schmoozy kind of way or anything like that but um you know the more meetings i go i've never been to a meeting i've never given a talk where i haven't learned something like groundbreaking it almost seems like that's really going to impact my science so uh network is it's really important it kind of just you know it just it really just pushes your science in new and interesting directions and you never know where the most um, interesting ideas are going to come from so uh, you know you, you don't want them just to, to, to say yes to everything because we all get inundated and exhausted and everything like that but as much as you possibly can don't give up the opportunity to network and uh, um, you know get opinions of other people from yeah science etc that's good advice um, okay, so this is the, uh, the the last question. Thank you for your time, of course. Um, uh, I asked this of everybody. So are there any particular initiatives or projects or endeavors that you're overseeing, can be personal, can be professional, that you are really excited about right now and you think we all should be excited about too? Uh, I'm, I'm excited about so many different things. I'm so excited about things that are coming out of the lab right now, but I won't go into that. I think that maybe I'll just circle back to uh, the DMCBH and say that I'm, uh, you know, really excited about, um, you know, the associate directorship position. We're really excited about building community. We've got lots and lots of good ideas. We're just trying to get rid of the silly virus so that we can actually do them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, we've already booked places, you know, we're, we're really optimistic. So we've even booked research retreat venues and things like that for the 2022. Um, and that is the thing that I'm, yeah, exactly. That's mm -hmm. what I'm, uh, you know, really hopeful for so that we can take all these great ideas and really build community. Cause I, I feel like we, um, you know, we're just such amazing individual scientists. And I think that if we kind of put them together, it's just going to be um, exponential, the work that we can actually get out from UBC. That's great. Thank you so much, Sharnos, for your time. I can easily say you're one of my favorite faculty members at UBC and Carlos. <laughs> Should you really be saying that, though? <laughs> it's too late. It's out there. I can say what I want. <laughs> it's our podcast. But, but uh, other than Peter. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's well done. Pleasure always talking to you and all the best with your future endeavors. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. This was a lot of fun. Thanks. Thank you so much. Bye.